Good evening, ghouls and ghoulettes, and welcome to Killer Horror Critic, the podcast worth dying for. Hosted by the Killer Horror Critic himself, this is the show where guests from all over the horror spectrum join to talk about some of their favorite horror films. So get snugged under the covers, grab a cuddly puppy, and prepare for tonight's blood-curdling episode of Killer Horror Critic. Good evening, horror fans, and welcome to another episode of Killer Horror Critic. I'm your host, Matt. And I'm Chris. And we are your killer couple critiquing and arguing over horror films. A couple of weirdos at the bar. Maybe we never enlighten you. Maybe we never blow your minds. Maybe we never make your boomstick go off. (laughs) But hopefully you just have a good time listening. So so tonight we are kicking off our month-long theme of horror threequels. And we're going to be starting that off with the 1993 film Army of Darkness. So, of course, this is the third film in the Evil Dead franchise, although not named Evil <laughs> Dead, uh, which we'll get to that at some point. But <laughs> uh, but so, yeah, this came out in 1993. It was directed by Sam Raimi, who, of course, you know, you all know is the original director of Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2. Went on to do many great films, including Spider-Man, has the new Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness coming out. Army of Darkness was his second big studio film. He was just coming off of his first big studio film, Darkman. You know, Raimi's a guy who started making uh, movies on his 8mm camera when he was a kid, you know, before 10 years old, I think. So he had been doing it for a long time. And he was a huge fan of the Three Stooges, which you can obviously, obviously. see, <laughs> which you can see start to come up a little bit in Evil Dead 2, and then especially here in Army of Darkness. <laughs> you know, he pretty much got his start the way that Bruce Campbell and producer Rob Tappert got it as well, which was he, Bruce Campbell, and Rob Tappert all shot a short uh, called Within the Woods uh, when they were younger, and they used that to pitch around to investors uh, to raise funding for Evil Dead. Uh, which they eventually did, although it was kind of a hard-going process. <laughs> and yeah, and here we are now with, you know, Raimi coming out with this huge studio movie. So yeah. it just, just kind of shows you, like, how far some of these guys can come, you know, going all the way from, you know, this little short and this little indie drive-in movie, Evil Dead, to, you know, now he's making movies for fucking Marvels. <laughs> <laughs> but it was written by Sam and his brother Ivan Raimi, who is actually the older brother of Sam and Ted, Ted... Ted being an actor who appears in pretty much every Sam Raimi movie there is. Uh, And he actually actually has like four different roles in this movie. Of course he does. Um, And uh, Ivan met his wife on Army of Darkness, uh, which is kind of fun because Bruce had actually just married his wife, uh, who was the costume designer for the film, Ida Guerin. Uh, So, you know, as sometimes happens with film, it's where love sprouts. (laughs) Or whatever you want to call it. Chris and I actually met on a reality TV set. (laughs) And he also, Ivan also wrote Darkman and Drag Me to Hell and some other films as well. So that he did with uh, Sam. And the film stars Bruce Campbell as Ash. Uh, Bruce, as I mentioned, got his start making Evil Dead with his friends, Sam and Rob Tapper. You know, they were all kind of buddies basically in college. Uh, He moved to L.A. after co-producing Crime Wave and showed up in films like 
Maniac Cop, and of course Evil Dead 2. Went on to TV where he became really popular, you know, in shows like uh, The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr., which I think he started almost pretty much right after Army of Darkness, which he claims is where he actually learned to ride a horse. And because <laughs> he likes to talk about on the commentary for this, how he was very shitty <laughs> at, uh, at horse riding in Army of Darkness. And then, of course, you know, did the show Burn Notice and eventually, you know, Ash vs. Evil Dead, which gave him that. He also directed and starred in My Name is Bruce. So, you know, he's got some little directing talent Ooh. in him as well. Uh, which is pretty much a spoof on his on himself. And, of course, you know, we all know him uh, with his nickname in Hollywood, which is The Chin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for very obvious reasons, Bruce Campbell has probably one of the best chins in yeah. acting or any anything. <laughs> and let's see, it also stars M. Beth Davids as Sheila. Uh, Army was actually her first American feature, I believe. Uh, she then went on to do Spielberg's Schindler's List, you know, oh. so that was kind of a... <laughs> kind of a big boost for her. Uh, and, and Schindler's List actually came out, you know, right after this pretty much. So so uh, it was a good time for <laughs> uh, for Embeth. Um, and, you know, she also shows up in the horror films Fallen and 13 Ghosts. I- I'm sure a lot of you know 13 Ghosts. If you've never seen Fallen, though, big time recommend. Uh, it's got Denzel Washington in it and John Goodman. It's fantastic. It's kind of like Seven with a Demon. Ooh. Highly recommend it. Let's see. It also stars Marcus Gilbert as Lord Author who also appears in the film Rambo 3, as well as many others you can find him in. He kind of brought a, a bit of, like, a more legitimacy to the movie, I guess, you know, yeah. a little more seasoned of an actor. And then it also has Ian Amber Crombie, who I would, I guess you would say is the most seasoned actor in the film, <laughs> uh, who plays the wise man. He began, actually, as a dance performer, uh, believe it or not. and This is a very did, random cast. Yes, it is, and, and did a bunch of TV as well. He also appears in... Uh, Star Wars, The Clone Wars, and then Puppet Master 3, which I particularly adore him in, (laughs) which is, by the way, my favorite Puppet Master movie. Uh, So, look, I mean, I could go on with the cast, you know, but we only ever, you know, we only ever have time for like four of them or so, but but it's a great cast, lots of great actors in it. So, of course, we are going to be spoiling our movie of darkness and talking about just about everything we can with this movie. So if you have not seen it, please go check it out. It is streaming on HBO Max at the time of this recording, I believe. Uh, otherwise well worth your rental dollars if you have not seen it you know it's a third film in the evil dead franchise it's it's fantastic um uh but we are going to spoil it but first we have our brief little bit of spoiler free content so we'll let you know we're getting in the spoiler territory so as usual tagline versus the film the tagline and what we think of the movie overall so the tagline for army of darkness was trapped in time surrounded by evil low on gas. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you think of the tagline? What do you think of Army of Darkness overall? I mean, I like the tagline because it's silly. It, like, it's very fitting to the movie, yeah. Yeah, um, despite the fact that the car barely gets used. But, you know, that's besides I, the point. Not, barely not, not gets saying used. spoilers. Uh, I would argue that the car gets used just as much, if not more, than you would expect it to. So, <laughs> eh, eh. so, so, so poo on your comment. All right, fair enough. <laughs> Um, I love this movie. This is my favorite out of all of the Evil Deads. Um, it would be. I, I, you know, I respect everybody else who likes Evil Dead or Evil no. Dead 2. That's fine. No, but no, I no. will fucking fight you. No, no, no. Look, this is, this is what I think is wonderful about this franchise is that between the first three films and, and really now the, the series, if you want to count it, although mm. I think that's kind of unfair because the series has, you know, what, what, like three seasons to it. It does. That's a, that's a lot of content to fall in love with and character mm. development and whatnot, but... 
Um, but what I love, I love this franchise because you know there is no consensus uh, number one film of the franchise, and you and you really can't find that in most franchises. You know, most most horror franchises have like that that number one movie usually the first uh mm. that that is kind of the consensus fan favorite you know and and evil dead is one of those where like you have your huge fan base for the first film you have mm-hmm. your huge fan base for the second film which is where i stand and you have your huge fan base for this film you know there's no it, consensus number one because <laughs> there's something in it for everyone in the evil dead franchise right evil dead is unique in the fact that with a lot of the other franchises they kind of figured out their voice in the first film and then used the second i would disagree with that but <laughs> i mean like going back to how we were just talking about scream it kind of figured out a little bit of what it was doing in the first one and it used the follow-ups no, see, I disagree. I stand, I stand by my theory that, and part of the fun of talking about threequels this month is mm. that I stand by my theory that most franchises don't really find their footing until the third film. Mm-hmm. Like if you do have this kind of long-running franchise, or you know, in the case of Evil Dead, long-running fan base that we eventually got a TV show for, I stand by the by the idea that franchises don't really establish the tone that they're going to have for the foreseeable future until around the third movie mm. you know e- evil dead's an example of that because the first film is much you know intended to be much scarier obviously comes off kind of campy because mm-hmm. you know it's it's Raimi and that's kind of what he does yeah but it's intended to be scarier uh and, and if you want to argue with me on this you know look at nightmare on elm street for example the first nightmare on elm street very scary or at least it wants to be and by the time you get to the third film freddy krueger's a fucking rock star you mm-hmm. know so 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 i do think that a lot of franchises don't really figure it out until after a couple movies but look that's not what the point right now the point is army of darkness and yep. <laughs> it's a great movie you know it, mm-hmm. it it definitely does push that comedic tone which i i think is where it maybe loses some people you know if you kind of came along with you know, in particular, the first movie mm-hmm. and then Evil Dead 2, which was which was a comedy for the most part, mm-hmm. uh, but still, but you know, still kind of retains a lot of the horror elements. By the time you get to Army of Darkness, you know, Army of Darkness just goes full Three Stooges. <laughs> like, oh, it's full Looney Tunes, Three Stooges all the way. Yeah, full Looney Tunes, Three Stooges, like high fantasy adventure. You know, I, I think I want to say it was the editor, Bob Morosky, who says this, but uh, if it was him, he claims that, you know, he, he at one point approached Sam and was like, hey, Sam, so are we going to have, like, you know, horror in this movie? Or <laughs> does it really feel like we're having a lot of horror in Army of Darkness? And Sam pretty much said something like, you know, Evil Dead was horror, Evil Dead 2 was a comedy, Army of Darkness is an adventure, you yep. know? And, and I think that sums it up pretty perfectly. Like, mm-hmm. this film... This film is such, you know, a callback to those, like, fantasy Ray Harryhausen movies, you know, with, like, fucking skeleton armies and stuff like that. (laughs) Like, it's just, what I like about this movie so much is that it does go big, you know, Mm -hmm. it's this big studio film. But, you know, but yeah, it's it's, it's Sam just, like, blowing as much of the budget as he can, which was not very much considering (laughs) the script. Uh, You know, just pushing it as far as he can. Uh, with the film and just you know just having fun i mean that's that's really why i like army of darkness um is just the fact that 
you know, Matt and I were talking about this while we were watching it because I don't know my horror history, obviously, as well as Matt does. But for me, this feels like the one of the very first films that really went all out with the comedy. And yeah, we went 100% like Three Stooges with it, which I fucking love. Yeah. I love when horror is, or any movie, is not afraid to just be silly and be fun. And what makes Army of Darkness so good is the fact that they're committed to it. There's never a moment where you feel like they pull back or they're embarrassed about what they're doing. No. They, they're going full <laughs> throttle and they're showing The studio how... might have been embarrassed, but <laughs> Sam wasn't. <laughs> Sam was not. And, you know, the, the, the editor wasn't afraid because the editor could have pulled back a little bit more. But everybody went so whole hog into this Looney Tunes, Three Stooges, horror fantasy concept. And that's what makes this movie so cool and so original. Oh, for sure. It, it It's not, so it's obviously not like the first horror comedy, you know, no. that, that had been around for quite a long time. And I mean, you can, you can find, you know, silly horror comedies like on this level of silly going all the way back to, you know, things like Abbott and Costello and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but you are correct in that, you know, Army of Darkness, I think, and, and, and you see, you see the fruits of this in Evil Dead too. Uh, but, but Army of Darkness for sure, I think kind of, solidified maybe a, a a new kind of horror comedy in the sense that you know unlike Abbott and Costello which is no you know no offense to movies like that and mm-hmm. anything that came before this uh you know Sam brings such like a, a heavy sense of style to his movies yeah and, and here you have you know this big like universal producing with Dino De Laurentiis uh horror film more or less <laughs> here you have this kind of movie you know that is just 100 percent bonkers looney tunes you know adventure horror and and i think because of that you know it almost kind of it, it makes it more acceptable in a sense you know because it's mm-hmm. like now we're not just doing it like these little you know these little kind of they feel like sitcoms kind of things like anime castella and whatnot like here we have like a legitimate like stylistic director with a somewhat of a budget you know doing (laughs) doing something like this and i think there's just something to that that inspires filmmakers you know which i mean sam is you know he's one of the guys that made me want to get into any sort of entry into film that i could you know whether it be writing or filmmaking or whatever because he just has that kind of unique style to him that i think really inspires a lot of people Mm -hmm. And, and after you know after army of darkness did come out you did see uh, kind of, I think, some of the immediate effects of that. Like, there's the film Cemetery Man, which I don't think you've seen, but you nope. would love. Uh, there is Cemetery Man, which is more or less an Evil Dead film. Awesome. <laughs> uh, that that feels a lot like this, you know, where it is kind of horror, but really heavy on the comedy. And then, of course, you know, there there's others that came after that. Like, I think Dead Alive is another good example. Yeah. And, and I want to point out, too, something that I thought was kind of funny is that, you know, for, for whatever reason, we had this brief sort of obsession with like with 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 taking popular characters and sending them back into you know some sort of medieval period or or way back in the past like this because you know i I found it ironic when i realized that or not ironic but i found it funny when i realized that uh, teenage mutant ninja turtles part (laughs) three actually came out the same year i think as army of darkness and Mm -hmm. you know that's all about sending the turtles back to like ancient japan or something and so (laughs) so i don't know i just found it interesting but time travel is fun matt time travel is fun chris um (laughs) But, but no, and last thing I'll say before we move on is, you know, just this was the movie that I think, in my opinion, you know, made Bruce Campbell a star. Like this, yeah. 
Like, you know, b- before Army of Darkness, Bruce was obviously popular amongst horror fans, you know, because, of course, Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, Maniac Cop, you know, he was popular amongst horror fans. But Army of Darkness was really that film that, you know, put him in the eyes of the public, mm. essentially, you know, like all the people who aren't weirdos like us <laughs> going to see these little indie horror movies, you know. He and, showed his range. Like, this movie does such a good job of showing the fact that Bruce Campbell has this amazing range as an actor to do, you know, dramatic roles and action roles and romantic roles. And he can also do that thing that I think is very difficult for a lot of actors and do the comedic roles. Not just comedy, but slapstick, which is fucking hard. Well, it is hard. And, and, you know, and yeah, it makes sense that, you know, he went on to get really good television roles after this. But... Mm. But I, I'm still kind of pissed that, you know, Bruce didn't really get the chance to be this big Hollywood star because, you know, on top of just kind of proving his talent, I think, with the movie, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, when you just listen to stories about what it was like to shoot Army of Darkness or or what it's like to work with Bruce, you know, it's kind of shocking, actually, that he wasn't cast as the leading man more often in, like, bigger movies because, you know... He's the, fucking sexy! <laughs> Well, he's fucking sexy for one. I mean, for God's sakes, his nickname is The Chin. But on top of that, I mean, you know, just like work ethic is huge, I think, uh, mm-hmm. in the industry. It's not always respected. No. You know, it's not It's not always the It's almost quali- never respected. It's not always the quality that gets you hired. But it should be, mm-hmm. you know, when you're dealing with uh, these really just tough working environments. And Army of Darkness, you know, from what I understand, for most of the people that worked on it, it was one of the most difficult shoots they ever did because they – you know, Sam basically just push and push and push. So the kind of the kind of sense that I get from it is that they were working basically twenty four seven, you know, and shooting out in the desert in California, Ugh. and and people just were not getting breaks. You know, they're basically working seven days a week, most if not all of the day. <laughs> Sam, and, that's not okay. <laughs> uh, it's not okay. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure a lot of that had to do with time constraints and budget, but mm-hmm. uh, and that's just kind of you know unfortunately how the industry is sometimes, but. But from the point is, is that, you know, despite all of that and, and despite how much Bruce gets the shit kicked out of him in this movie, <laughs> you know, Bruce just kind of strikes me as, as, you know, from from what cast and crew say about him is just the kind of guy that, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, you want me to, you know, flip myself over onto a sheet of glass, whatever, you know, like he just he's always ready to to go and do what you ask of him mm-hmm. in particular with Sam, who's a buddy of his and Sam apparently really likes to torture Bruce and would well, have it would have him do things like, you know, smash plates into his face just for the fun of it and not actually intend to use it in the movies. <laughs> okay. That's, that's kind of mean, but yeah. <laughs> I'm going to admit, I never get tired of watching Bruce Campbell get punched in the face. You never could. I mean, uh, Bruce knows how to take it. He knows how to make he, it funny. And he it's has just... the great, greatest reactions. Yeah. So, so anyway, we, we've ranted enough about our love for this movie. So now we're going to get into the actual movie. So, <laughs> so again, if you have not seen Army of Darkness, please go check it out. Uh, we are going to spoil everything. Stream on HBO Max. Uh, otherwise, get in the sports territory now. So I, I think let's just start with the obvious, you know, and your thoughts on taking this from, quote unquote, the present day in Evil Dead 2 to going all the way to medieval times and making this a sword and sorcery flick. <laughs> like, it is a weird fucking choice. Like this A weird is, choice. So, so, but you like of it. Course, <laughs> of course I like it. I, like, I'm a huge fantasy. I like high fantasy movies a lot. Oh, I am. And so, like, 
I do really like seeing, you know, the Evil Dead franchise go into these medieval times with the Army of Darkness. Um, But we have to acknowledge the fact that it's a weird fucking choice for them to do. But the entire franchise is weird. Because (laughs) for the sole reason, look, we have the entire franchise is weird. No, that's a screen with you. Yeah, because we have Evil Dead, and then Evil Dead 2 is just a remake of the first movie. Which which I can explain that really quick. So, so, you know. History nerd. Yeah, so so I and you know I, I I sometimes get the sense there's still a lot of people out there that are like, well, why did that go that way, you know? And yeah. the the way that I kind of interpret it is that, you know, so so they did Evil Dead, which you know was mostly just Sam trying to, you know, get a movie made and and have it be popular. And at that time, you know, driving movies were easier to get funds for, and uh-huh. you know, so and that's why Evil Dead is the most shocking of the movies because you know they were trying to really do like that last house on the left kind of shocked the audience sort of style. Well, that's why we had the uh, super rapey tree in the first one. That, that's why you have the rapey tree. and Rapey every... tree is in both of them. <laughs> yes. But it's extra uh, rapey in the first one. It's extra rapey in the first. The second's a little more comedic, but um, <laughs> not, 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 not rapey. It's, but it's a funny it's, rapey tree. Well, I mean, listen, the girl gets dragged, not a spoiler for Evil Dead 2, but I mean, listen, the girl gets dragged like going to 80 miles an hour and, face first into a tree it's hilarious but anyway Anywho, back to the history um, back to the history so so no so they did evil dead and evil dead 2 was actually not really ever supposed to be made so you know what they what they wanted to do actually is they wanted what eventually became army of darkness to be the second evil dead movie mm-hmm. and and you know they basically they just they just couldn't get it made like they had they couldn't raise the money for it they couldn't you know, they, they couldn't get the funds for it. And so I think kind of what ended up happening is, you know, they sort of just kind of decided, all right, well, we want to make an Evil Dead movie. So I think they kind of just did Evil Dead 2 to maybe sort of like kind of set up a little bit of what they wanted in Army of Darkness. Mm-hmm. I mean, now, now at this point, I'm guessing, but basically the, 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 the real part of the story is that yeah, they just they wanted to do Army of Darkness second and couldn't get it made. Yeah, you know, so so they ended up with Evil Dead Two, uh, which I'm thankful for because I love <laughs> because Evil that's Dead your 2. favorite. <laughs> and yeah. and and Army of Darkness, you know, was originally going back to the title thing. It was originally supposed to be called Medieval Dead, which I think is a better <laughs> title. Nerds, <laughs> I think it's a better title. It's a great title. I, I would have loved it to be Medieval Dead. I think that's perfect. That but... <laughs> would have been amazing. You know, but it's it's this thing, and they did do a good job both with Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 of setting it up at the end because there's that whole weird, spoilers, I guess, time vortex. But it's still such a weird left turn for a horror franchise to go, fuck it, we're going to the past. Because I don't think that there's very many other horror films that have done that. Friday the 13th, you need to get on this shit. I want to see Jason time traveling, not to what? the future. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say. I mean, he's already done that. No, he's only gone to the future, and that doesn't count. That's a different type of that's, time travel. That's time travel. No, Chris. no, no. That's sleeping. That's sleeping. It's time he's travel. Sleeping. That doesn't count. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, anywho, look, I I think that it's really interesting that they did it, and it's kind of funny because with both of the Evil Dead films, the first ones, it's all about isolation, right? It's going to the cabin in the woods, and you're isolated from everything. And how do you deal with this shit? And then it's basically like, okay, if we don't want him at the cabin anymore, how do we continue that isolation? Fuck it, just throw him in the past where he's got none of his shit and he's got to figure it out. Yeah, I mean, it works. I mean, you know, for one about going back in time, I mean, look, sword and sorcery films were popular around this time. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think had I, the Conan the Barbarian come out yet with Arnold Schwarzenegger? Oh yeah, no, uh, Conan Conan came out like ten years before this, and it, yes, it was an <laughs> '80s film, Chris. <laughs> no, yeah, you know, so so I'm not gonna say that this was this was not peak sword mm-hmm. and sorcery fantasy era, right? It like, was this meant is, to be peak, but they couldn't get it made. Well, no, peak was in the '80s. <laughs> yeah, it was meant to be made during peak, peak. sword and sorcery era. Uh, no, Army of Darkness came around kind of the tail end, you know. Like mm. I think, like one of the one of the last movies that I really remember from that era is like Dragonheart, right? Like, mm. <laughs> I love Dragonheart. Uh, before, I rented that movie so many times. I loved it too. Before we eventually, you know, got back to it with stuff like Lord of the Rings, but uh, but no, this this did come around the tail end of it. But you know. But but the but sword and sorcery you know it makes sense to me for for a lot of reasons you know one being that all any any sword and sorcery film you know has good potential for horror mm-hmm. uh, because this is a time period where you do go back and you have you know evil sorcerers and monsters and you beautiful know, maidens beautiful maidens I mean it, it really is all actually perfect for Ash and it's yeah. easy to say that now now that Army of Darkness exists. <laughs> But but I think even before then, you know, it just seems like a smart idea of like, why don't we send Ash back, mm-hmm. you know, to to when the Deadites were first a thing. Now, as far as like the period and making him the chosen one and everything, you know, I think that works really well because there really is, in my opinion, no other society necessarily that Ash could be considered a hero for than this kind of, you know, medieval, as he calls them, screwhead primitives or whatever, yeah. uh, period. Like, the, like if he, if like if he's going to be looked at as any kind of god or hero by any time period, it's going to be people way back in the past who are not exactly up on the intelligence where something as simple as Ash having a gun can make them be like, oh, you must be a god. You know, <laughs> like, that's the only way that you're ever going to have Ash considered to be a god because he's otherwise An idiot. a complete idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so these are like the few people that will actually look at him as being intelligent. I feel like <laughs> And even they think he's dumb. <laughs> and they are correct because he is correct. he is an idiot. You know, it's one of the things that I do really love about Sam Raimi is the fact that he was very much dedicated to this idea. And yeah, I like the fact that we don't go back to the creation of the ne- Necronomicon. Because I think that would have been boring. I don't want to see the Necronomicon being made and him fighting no, no, the first wave of Deadites. No, nobody nobody wants too much explanation in their horror. So. No, no, this was a perfect time period to send him back into because, yeah, to your point, there's enough sword and sorcery stuff happening. You know, Ash can be a complete and total asshole without anybody really, like, blinking an eye about it. You know, and we also get horses and skeletons. Indeed. Uh, <laughs> the most... The most important thing to the Evil Dead franchise, horses. Horses um, <laughs> and skeletons. Uh, but no, but you know, I also really quick want to mention too that, you know, I think it's kind of fun to to do this with the Army of Darkness because, you know, I, I, I always hope that horror fans don't get like pissed at me for saying stuff like this because I'm also one and, you know, I'm trying to look at us, like all of us critically in a sense. But, mm. um, but you know, I get, I get the slight vibe too that by sending Ash back, you know, we're almost sort of commentating too, just on the horror fan themselves because, well, hold on, because, because, you know, you do have the whole thing, like, uh, like the blood pit 
you know, where Ash is thrown in to fight uh-huh. uh, the, the she-bitch or whatever it's called. I don't remember. <laughs> he calls it a she-bitch. Right, right. Uh, which was actually played by the guy who played the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man in Ghostbusters. <gasps> uh-huh. I think by doing that and just having all of these dumbass villagers, you know, who are fucking stupid as shit, uh, by having them all kind of surrounding and, like, cheering, you know, at this, like, bloodbath for entertainment, you know, I always kind of look at that sort of stuff as, like, Oh, they're they're kind of making fun of us right now because because <laughs> we we are those primitive screwheads gathered around the pit right now, being like, ah, give me that, give me that fountain of blood. <laughs> yes, we are. Me in particular, I am at the edge of that pit, screaming for blood like a monster. Oh, totally. I mean, you know, in filmic standards, I don't know if I'd actually be doing that in real life, but <laughs> no, definitely not in real life. But uh, as a as a slasher person, yeah, more blood is better, which is also why I like Evil uh, Army uh, of Darkness better. More blood. Well, that's not true, actually. That's I would not. I would argue Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 both have way more blood than Army they of do, Darkness. But there's more <laughs> skeleton fighting. And a lot less blood. There's a lot less blood. <laughs> <laughs> you know, actually, Raimi, I think, was hoping this would be a PG thirteen. And they had a real they had a really hard time with the MPAA for whatever reason. I you know, I, I don't remember what the MPA was trying to rate this at one point. I what the fuck are they bitching about in this film? There's no blood. There's no sex. Well, I mean, there there's is little, sex in the original sex. cut. There's a little sex. <laughs> there's, there's sex in the original cut. And, uh, you know, from what I understand, Rob Taper wanted that scene with the skeletons, like, dragging the, the topless girls to go, you know, do horrible things to them. And, Ew. Uh, appara- uh, and, Rob. Uh, yeah, appara- like, apparently Sam and uh, the rest of them weren't too impressed by that. And, Damn and, straight. Good and, on you, Sam. And, and according to them, Rob was just like, I just always wanted to see, you know, uh, naked women being dragged by skeletons or whatever. So. Ew, Rob, that's for <laughs> private time. But look, whatever the reason, you know, the MPA really gave him a hard time. And, you know, from what I understand, a lot of people seem to believe that, uh, Sam probably would have pushed the gore harder if he knew that he was going to get an R rating. But, but I want to fight the MPAA. The MPA sucks. I could go on forever about how much I hate them. So interesting because on one hand, we have a vague sort of transformation, I think, with the Evil Dead films because not only were we going back in time, but Army of Darkness, I think, is pretty fair to say is much tamer mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, than the previous two movies. And yet on the other hand, you have Ash, who kind of goes from what I would say a tamer as you like to call him sweet boy i think he's a cinnamon roll a cinnamon roll as you say uh you know he goes from that to just being this like all out asshole asshole (laughs) in army of darkness and you know i think that's such a i think it's such a great choice because something that i don't think is really apparent at first or, or at least i didn't really catch on to this right away is that you know, I sort of look at Army of Darkness as kind of as kind of being a film that's dealing with Ash's trauma from I in this case I guess you would say the second movie. You yeah. can kind of look at it however you want, you know, if you if you want the first movie to be canon for you or the second one, I'm going to go second one. Regardless, he but, loses a girlfriend and has to decapitate her. Right, he loses Linda and goes through all that, but but I I look at this movie as, as him kind of dealing with that, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's ne- it's never really talked about, which I think actually makes it better because, I mean, you know, most of us when we're dealing with shit, we don't talk about it, even though we should. And, you know, I just sort of like, like, e- like the opening line of the film, for example, is, you know, Ash saying, and this is a little bit different from my theory, and I'll get to that, but, you know, is Ash saying, my name is Ash and I am a slave. That's mm-hmm. the opening line of the movie. Yeah. 
And, you know, to me, it's just kind of commenting on, like, how he he is essentially, like, a, a slave to his past life before evil dead before the deadites you know where he where he like looks you know he seems to look at smart as like this like grand he loves smart like he loves smart in this he doesn't love it so much in ash versus evil dead but at this Mm. point he loves smart he he is a he is a a slave to the man you know he's a he's a slave to corporations and consumerism and all that crap and you know and uh and and i think that it's it's interesting because you know he he also says too, like when he talks about how when he mentions in this in this opening monologue that he had that he had a life before, the first thing that he mentions is not his girlfriend Linda. The first thing he mentions is that he had a job. <laughs> you know? And so so like that that's so basically it's like we're dealing with two things here where Ash cannot really deal with the fact, I think, that he's no longer in this kind of safe zone so to speak of Mm -hmm. of you know like having a set life and sort of someone telling him what to do (laughs) yeah and 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 also dealing just with the events of the second film and you know kind of recovering from that and not really wanting to face it yeah i feel like this movie army of darkness is all about ash's ostensibly trauma response to everything he's gone through because yeah, in the previous Evil Dead's, oh my God, Ash is such a sweet boy. He is like, well, especially in the first film. In the first film, he's basically the boy next door. Yeah, he's in a lot of them. He's the boy next door. Like he loves his girlfriend. He's like devoted to her type of thing, you know. And he is such like the nicest, sweet. Like it hurts my mouth watching him because he's just. It hurts so your su- mouth because he's so sweet. He's so sweet. Little drunk. Leave me alone. I don't even know what that means. Don't but worry continue. about it. It's like a cavity <laughs> thing. Fuck off. Um, I, I I see where you're going now. Yeah, okay. there you go. But yeah, he is he is such the nicest dude that we never see again. We never see that Ash again. And that's understandable because the things that he's had to endure in Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 and like him having to step up and murder people that he cares about because he understands what's going on. And then even going to the beginning of Army of Darkness. Like, dude like just drops out of nowhere, meets a whole bunch of knights that go, fuck you put him in chains, and then try to shove him in a goddamn blood pit where he has to fight for his life. You're going to turn into an asshole. You're going to get super jaded. You're going to go, fuck these people. They tried to murder me. They didn't well, listen to me. Well, he, he's just doing what so many people do, which is, you know, he's acting tough to cover for his cowardice, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's... <laughs> his fear, his sadness, his loneliness. Right, like, like you know, I, I think we all or most of us to some extent do this. And, and it's really, I think why you see this huge transformation in Ash and, you know, granted, yes, we, we do see some of this in evil dead too. Like he does, he does start to express like some of this kind of personality in evil dead too, but in army of darkness, he's full on dickhead, you know? And, And I, and I do think that a lot of that has to do with, you know, he is covering, it's a cover for him being a coward because army of darkness, a lot of it is about Ash, dealing with the fact that he is a coward and he knows it yeah you know and and it almost makes you wonder you know i just i just started to think about this the other day where i was like what if ash was kind of fucked up before army of darkness and evil dead 2 like you know what what if what if he was fucked up before he and linda even got to that cabin in the same well in the sense that like you know so here's this guy who you know, he he holds such an ideal to the idea that he had, like, a job and whatever. And I almost just wonder, like, maybe Ash has always been a coward. 
and always kind of been dealing with that. And, you know, maybe before Evil Dead 2 or Evil Dead 1 even starts, you know, well, Evil Dead, we'll focus on Evil Dead 2. That, that's more canon <laughs> for this. But but before Evil Dead 2 even starts, like, maybe he's just this guy who kind of knows he's a loser, you know? Yeah, or, he works or, in retail. Well, right, he knows it, but he doesn't want to express it. Yeah, nobody know? in retail does. <laughs> and so, Well, right. <laughs> and, so, and so after the events of Evil Dead 2, you know, now we kind of see him really trying to put on that cover mm-hmm. of, like, I'm a fucking coward, <laughs> yeah. but, but I have to act tough in order to kind of feel better about myself, you know, because he's a guy who, like, yeah, he, he's lost his girlfriend technically twice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and, and basically everyone around him, he couldn't save a single person, you know. And, and he has fucked up every chance that he gets. And so, you know, you have to think that a lot of that is starting to eat at Ash by the time Army of Darkness starts. Yeah. Look, I definitely agree with you. Small real talk about working in retail, like for a hot second, is I agree with you just because working in retail, people don't understand, is really fucking hard. Because you do your best, but you have customers yelling at you all the time. And you can't really stand up for yourself because you work for a business and all this other and stuff. And the customer is always right. Right? Yeah. It's <laughs> Which is a, such bullshit. It's such bullshit. It's why I love working at my shop because I have a little bit more freedom to tell a customer to go fuck off. Well, you being the owner of the shop, I think you have the ability to say the customer's not always right. <laughs> but I'm also, I give that to my staff to tell them that they can tell a customer to fuck off. But, you know, that kind of shit wears at you. And so I, I agree with you. I think that Ash is dealing with, you know, some of the the shit and the self-confidence issues that comes with working retail long periods of time and that gets exasperated in Evil Dead 2 when he can't save anyone and he gets fucking shot like shot into medieval times and what the fuck is he supposed to do there so yeah Mm. he builds up this whole exterior that he's an asshole doesn't freaking care about anybody he belittles everyone just to kind of hide the fact that he's a scared lonely little boy right well you know (laughs) he i i don't look at ash as like a conservative you know but 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 I do kind of love He's you know an idiot, but. <laughs> well but I do kind of love that like you know one of the, one of those famous lines from this movie with him is this is my boomstick <laughs> and you know him having this gun I do kind of you know I always look at people that that you know are, are so big on guns I always kind of look at them as cowards themselves kind of oh, hiding yeah. hiding behind guns right and so I I think that's perfect with Ash because to me Ash is just this dude that's hiding behind. You know, this modern weapon dealing with these medieval people who got nothing but fucking swords and sticks, you know? So. I mean, between that and him, like, hyping up his car, I definitely agree with you. Because, you know, if you soup up your yeah. car, you also have dick problems. Yeah, his car, which Sam finds a way to put into every fucking movie he's ever done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for God knows what reason. But, uh, but no, but it's why I love the inclusion of, you know, Sheila in this, too, because... You know, to me, Sheila's a replacement for Linda in mm-hmm. this, in the sense that, like, Sheila, I think, is supposed to be this character that kind of rubs in Ash's face every mistake that he's made, and <laughs> in particular, you know, the 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 thing that he most regrets, which is not only failing to protect Linda, but also having, you know chop her up with the chainsaw (laughs) a a little bit traumatizing i would have to imagine so (laughs) So you think he feels better about the fact that sheila actually survives to the end then absolutely no i I think that you know i think that that like we'll we'll get more into that in a second but i think that you know the whole sheila thing 
yeah, it is it is a redemption story, I think, for Ash. Because, you know, because at first... He still fucking murders her because he pushes her off a battlement. Well, she was possessed, <laughs> so... No, 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 the point is, like, you know, you have... You you have the I, I do think it's this building redemption story like to me you know it, and it kind of sucks because Sheila doesn't really get a lot of character development you know no, I think she's I I think I think the yeah. script I I think the script definitely could have used more of Sheila you know or 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 just something to make that relationship pop a little bit more but I do think that their relationship is kind of the crux of the movie in a weird way even though it's the, the least developed part of the movie. Uh, because, you know, I do look at it as like, I do look at Sheila as his representative of Linda. And I think that, you know, through the first half with Ash just kind of being like, you know, calling her a primitive and were you raised in a barn and, you know. And, and then she rightfully slaps him as she should. As she should. And he's telling her to like screw off and everything. Like, I think Ash is afraid to to like a woman or or to have feelings for a woman after what's happened with Linda mm-hmm. and, and, you know, and then, you know, of course that in, in the director's cut where you actually see them, you know, fuck, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which I guess was a little too much for the MPAA. You don't I don't even know. see anything. I know. I don't, I don't get it, but, but, you know, uh, but, but after, after they do that, then, then you do kind of, you know, she is the one who convinces Ash to stay. Like, I, I don't think he really cares as much that, you know, the others are kind of judging him or being let down by him. But it's Sheila, you know, who has like such a firm belief in him that he's going to stay to protect them that that really breaks him of just being like, God, I'm doing it again. Like once again, I, I am letting down this girl that I love or like uh once or again fucked. or fucked once again i am doing that you know well and nobody I think that's what ultimately turns them around yeah i mean nobody can get to you like a significant other like the rest of the world be damned but a significant other well, is disappointed and, and no, in you and, you're fucked and nobody can get to a straight man like a pair of tits so uh, that is true doe eyes and a pair of tits and you just got a, a dude wrapped around your finger but, you know i mean this also ties into too like why i think uh why i think evil ash is such a big part of this movie you know because mm-hmm. ash for the most part's always kind of faced some version of himself or at least an evil Ed too you know where he's got his like evil hand and he yep. himself turns evil for a little bit but you know i think i think evil ash is actually really important in this and just kind of highlights the theme of the fact that you know we are dealing with ash kind of i think you know sort of battling this inner trauma of himself mm-hmm. because to me evil ash represents all of that you know evil ash i think represents all of the darker sort of doubts in himself okay you know, well, for example, you've got Evil Ash uh, making those comments like, you know, after after Bruce chops him up and everything and is burying him, uh, you have Evil Ash making those comments like, uh, you'll never get the Necronomicon, you know, and whatever. <laughs> and to me, I mean, that might as well just be him saying like, you're never going to recover. You're never going to be better. You're never going to be the man you want to be. Like, you're <laughs> worthless piece of shit, basically, is what <laughs> is what Evil Ash is saying there. And <laughs> And I think that hits uh, Ash a lot harder than you know he lets on to us, the audience in the film. Like, like yeah. I, I do, I think I do think that really hits him. And you know, to me, it's just this whole battle between Ash and himself is what Army of Darkness is. Yes. Um. You know, like I actually look at the title Army of Darkness is you know Ash facing his own Army of Darkness essentially. Like these, I know, I know it's corny <laughs> and whatnot, but but this is how I view it. You know, like I I do I do look at it like Ash is facing this 
this army of just these horrible feelings, kind of the way that mm-hmm. we all sort of, you know, deal with horrible past events, right? Or like doubts in ourselves. I can I can definitely understand that. I agree to a certain extent. For me, the way that I kind of view it is that there's there's cinnamon roll ash. Ash that okay. we meet, <laughs> ash that we meet in Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2, you know, this good sweet ash that cares and then he goes through some trauma and that ash really wants to be a bastard he wants to be a bastard he wants to not care about anything he wants i don't to... think he wants to be a bastard i he think did. that's what he becomes because of that yeah, i don't think he's a bastard though i think the what we see in the beginning of army of darkness which you've touched on is this persona that he is throwing out there of of you know he's gone through all of his trauma so he doesn't want to get close to people so he's just the biggest dick bastard whatever he doesn't care about women he'll fucking sleep with him he doesn't give a shit about them he doesn't give a shit about anybody but himself but that's not ash that's not who ash is Mm. and that's why i think we get that moment after he swallowed mini ash and then splits off into regular ash and and evil ash evil ash is this version of ash that he tells himself he wants to be but he knows that he doesn't actually he knows that it's a trauma response you know like ash doesn't want to be selfish that's why he is so embarrassed when he comes back getting how is this different from anything that i said (laughs) i don't know (laughs) well (laughs) because i don't know i guess for me you're you're viewing it as like evil ash is a representation of his trauma that he has to overcome right okay okay so i view it exactly the same way (laughs) (laughs) i mean okay look i'll (laughs) rewind so (laughs) i don't i don't think i view it exactly the same way they're very similar you basically view it the same in the sense that ash is battling the word the worst parts of himself yes i do okay I, so i like so we see it the same way i think that this is one of those moments where we see it the same way but we argue about semantics no you're arguing about semantics it's what i, I do i never was arguing with you <laughs> look okay so here's the thing so you know moving on from that a little bit what what i, what I find what i find fascinating about this is that you know sam Raimi actually deals with this theme a lot like and it you know, because here we have an army of darkness. He eventually did it again with Spider-Man 3, which I know everybody hates, but... I've never seen it. Okay. I, I have never seen the last Spider-Man film ever. Well, I mean, Spider-Man 3 still has Peter dealing with, you know, Venom and kind of this darker side of himself, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so ridiculous, but he, but but he's dealing with that side of himself. And now you also have, you know, Multiverse of Madness coming, where it looks like an evil version of Doctor Strange is going to be potentially the main villain, right? So, like... You know, this is something that Sam comes back to again and again. And I just think it's really strong here in Army of Darkness because, you know, I do really see Ash as a character who's just kind of tortured by who he is mm-hmm. and and really wanting to be better, but consistently failing because of how much of a dumbass he is. I mean, <laughs> when, you, so when, you, stupid. when you really boil down Army of Darkness, like this entire movie happens, you know, the, the like all, all of those people that die at the castle in in the in the finale mm-hmm. all of that is because of ash 
Yeah. Because he couldn't remember three words. Yep. Three fucking words yep. he couldn't remember. Should have you know? written them down. He could, And he could have written them they down. They got pencil and paper. <laughs> if they can write books and blood at the time, they can... <laughs> They can fucking write those words down, you know? So, like, so, I mean, you know, it all happens because of Ash. And whether he admits it or not, which he doesn't. No, of course but, not. But he, you gotta you gotta know that he knows that, mm-hmm. right? You know that he knows that. And and that's all Ash does is Ash fucks up <laughs> and then and then kind of miraculously falls ass backwards into saving people, you know? And, yeah. and that, that's always been the joke for, for Sam and the others is that, you know, because apparently people ask them, like, you know, why, why'd you make this guy the hero, like this fucking oaf of a person who, you know, is just terrible at this. And they're like, cause it's funny. Yes. <laughs> That's what we're here for. Right. And it's true. But, you know, I mean, there's even a line too, where like a- Ash says something about, you know, uh, how his man, how a man's body is his own personal body or property. I don't remember exactly how he says it, but, mm-hmm. but he says something like that. And, you know, that kind of strikes to me uh, as like, you know, it almost makes you wonder, has Ash, you know, had any sort of, like, I don't know. It, it gives you this idea of like, you know, has, has Ash had these kind of like darker thoughts of like damaging his own body, so to speak, um, mm-hmm. where where you know he he's dealt with ideas of like, you know, essentially essentially meaning that he's gotten to the point where he respects his own body now. Yeah. You know, like he respects his own life. He respects his own body, mm-hmm. and you know, essentially telling this darker side of himself to fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, which, which I think ultimately, you know, kind of wraps up perfectly in the sense that you end up with this, you know, with, with evil Ash being defeated by Ash's own incompetence, <laughs> you know, cause he had, cause evil Ash is still Ash and he, you know, he basically dies by the hand of that incompetence. Cause who the fuck goes and jumps on to a goddamn catapult, right? <laughs> you know, he defeats himself, <laughs> you know, and I think that's why we love Ash so much because, you know horror films and movies so many things are filled with these perfect heroes these perfect heroes that figure shit out that they're smart and they're competent and they can do all that stuff well newest flash we're not like that like a lot of us normal people are fucking idiots i'm a fucking idiot so seeing Mm. a hero like ash who to quote you falls ass backwards into victory as he does yeah that's why we like ash yes he's misogynistic kind of racist asshole especially in ash versus evil dead Mm. but his heart is good and that's the big thing with army of darkness all of this is about discovering the fact that ash despite everything he's gone through all the trauma all the shit has a heart that wants to help and protect, even if it means that he gets a shit ton of people killed in the process. Uh, well, this is the thought I don't think I finished with Sheila, is that, you know, she actually lives. Mm-hmm. Like, I really like that she becomes a Deadite, but still comes out of this alive. Because, you know, I sort of look at this as like, to me, Ash deserves a win. <laughs> yes. You know? like, like, I mean, does he? Well, well, kind of. Well, yes, because like you just said, you know, None of us are perfect, and those who claim to be perfect are assholes who don't realize they're not Fucking perfect. Fucking liars. <laughs> uh, so, so I think he does deserve a win, and you know, we sort of look at it like two movies before this. Technically, it's just the one Evil Dead two, you know, more or less. But still, he's been through a lot, and I think that you know he deserves a win, and we as the audience deserve a win for him because you know, just for that exact reason is that yeah, a lot of us see ourselves in Ash because he is this fuck up. <laughs> 
you know yep. a, a lot of us can relate to him because we don't get everything right you know mm. and and maybe we would remember three fucking words i wouldn't to to save all of civilization <laughs> I wouldn't. but but the fact that he doesn't we're like yeah i might do that too you know mm-hmm. Like, like, realistically, I might have fucked that those up, too. Those are hard words. So, <laughs> you so, name those three words right now. Klaatu, Barata, Niktu. Well, fuck you. <laughs> You'll save the universe. Uh, but, but you know, but but her surviving, Sheila surviving, you know, I think is, is the win that Ash needs because he finally, I think, can put to bed the fact that he, you know... He didn't let Linda die, but I think in his mind he let her die. Mm-hmm. And I think I think her, I think Sheila's surviving. He he's allowing himself to put that to rest. Yeah, you know, well, like I th- I think that's the moment where he finally is able to go. I I did it. I saved someone. You know, <laughs> save one lady. And, and, I can I can go back. And, and I know some of you are listening to this and being and like perplexed by how i'm putting so emotion onto this fucking ridiculous movie but but these other these are the undertones that i think are there like i do think that under all underneath all of the comedy and the slapstick and all of that really is this story about like a guy who's just trying to you know respect himself again yeah well look i mean that's been the beauty about all of the evil dead starting with evil dead 2 because evil dead 1 is very serious and has a very rapey tree can't get over the tree huh i cannot (laughs) it's the only part of evil dead i don't like but sam raimi does an excellent job with his usage of comedy um we get that with with this film is that he knows how to use comedy to diffuse the fact that he is dealing with much heavier topics than i think any of us would actually like to talk about oh totally but the fact i mean evil dead too like all all the madness of ash you know like if that if that was just a legit psychological horror film, like that would be such a different movie mm-hmm. if not for, you know, Raimi's comedy. <laughs> so. Yeah. But the fact that we have that comedy makes it easier to kind of digest and deal with these heavier topics. Same thing with army of darkness. We're able to kind of deal with Ash's trauma and redemption arc because we have a fucking three stooges scene in a goddamn graveyard where he's fighting like five hands trying to poke him in the goddamn eye, which is my it, favorite scene. And I laugh very hard every time. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, I think I think it was uh, Rod Tabert's wife that he actually met during this was or no, Ivan uh, Ivan Raimi's wife. I think that he met during this was actually one of the people controlling those hands that slapped Ash in the face. I would also <laughs> fall in love with a woman who slapped Ash in the face with a skeleton arm. Apparently, it's a moment of pride for her. So. As it should be. But no, and you know, this leads into the 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 the, the differences in the endings mm-hmm. for this movie. You know, so like we had. Uh, so there's obviously the the theatrical ending, which which most people know, mm-hmm. which is you know Ash saves the day and then ends up you know we find him back in the present at Smart and mm-hmm. then he you know is battling deadites yep. <laughs> again in Smart. You know, like fucking Angela Featherstone shows up who <laughs> who it's really funny to listen to her. Uh, talk about doing this movie because she was just kind of like you know uh, so basically they they had to reshoot this happier ending uh-huh and 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 it was because and i'll talk about the the darker ending in a second the original one um but it was because basically test audiences were kind of like boo you know on the dark ending they mm-hmm. wanted to be happy mm-hmm. and then of course universal wanted that too so anyway they had to reshoot the ending and it, they shot it around like christmas eve i think and it, she basically, you know, the way she puts it is like, 
yeah, I was basically like the only actress around, you know, for Christmas <laughs> Eve that they could that they could grab to shoot this scene. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's really fun, you know, some of the cameos that they got for this. You know, Bridget Fonda plays uh, plays Linda in the beginning, and and the only reason that they got her for this is because she was a big fan of Evil Dead. Oh, adorable. So, so, I mean, you know, she's a big actress who only shows up for, like, a moment in the movie, but it's because she just loved the movies. But mm. anyway, so, so yeah, so you have this happier ending where it's like, yeah, yeah, Ash, you know, kills the Deadites, he gets the girl, they make out, whatever. Um, the, the original ending that was shot was, you know, we've got ash and he takes these drops and of course he's a dumbass and accidentally takes too many of the drops and ends up sleeping all the way to the future mm-hmm. and it's you know it's this dark uh fuck i fucked up again <laughs> it's a very and ash ending. It's, a, it's a very ash ending and, and and this is where i sort of you know find it interesting because i i am like i said in the little shop of horrors episode we did recently i am one of those people who believes in i want to see the director's vision i want to see what they wanted to do Uh you know that's how i prefer a movie to be released uh i will say though in this case like look i i still would have loved Raimi to have his version released instead of the theatrical one Mm -hmm. which i mean was cut down like a whole 16 minutes you know like universal just came in and like chopped this movie the fuck up (laughs) rude yeah i mean you know the way i understand it sam shot a bunch of extra footage for the whole finale sequence which is amazing i mean Mm -hmm. the the third act of this film is incredible because it's all of you know it's this army of skeletons the scope of it's great it's amazing ray harryhausen you know would just be like smiling ear to ear (laughs) (laughs) uh watching this because it's a whole tribute to him you know Mm Um, and I love it, but yeah, but apparently, you know, Sam shot a lot of, a little too much footage there. And so they did cut some of it down. But anyway, you know, I I actually, I hate to say it, but I, I like the happier ending better. Oh, I don't hate to say it at all. I like the theatrical cut better than I like the director's cut. Like, look, Sam Raimi, I fucking love you. And I trust in your vision most of the time. But if we're going to pull, I can't even remember the name of the the literary character who falls asleep and ends up in the future uh, yeah whoever the fuck that guy is you know that's sleeping beauty no i'm just kidding <laughs> fucking not <laughs> <laughs> you know it's it's funny because we get an ash fuck up but you know him sleeping into the future is not nearly as much fun as a goddamn dead up deadite fight being able to end this movie on a deadite fight we get the iconic line of hail to the king baby which Mm. we all fucking love and if we didn't have that theatrical version we wouldn't have that line you know it's to your point with the theatrical version we get a nice redemptive moment for ash where he gets to feel better about himself he gets to feel less like a fuck up and he gets to gain back some of the self-confidence he'll never be a cinnamon roll again because too much trauma i get it (laughs) i don't blame him Uh you know but we get to meet the ash that we all know and love we've kind of all accepted the the army of darkness even if evil dead or evil dead 2 is your favorite of this franchise We've accepted Army of Darkness Ash as our favorite Ash. Slightly assholey, heart of gold Ash. And you only get that with the theatrical version. You know, with the director's cut, he's just this sad, depressive fuck-up who can't get anything right. Yeah, I mean, I still feel bad for the creators and everyone involved because, you know, obviously they wanted the original ending. (laughs) Yeah. 
Uh, and it was Universal making these decisions that made them reshoot this. Um, Selfish fan, I feel less bad. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, like Bruce Campbell was really excited that, you know, in the original ending, they're shooting in the Batman cave, uh, which is a cave here in in Los Angeles where... Adorable nerd. Yeah, where they where they shot the uh, the the Batman uh, sequence with the Batcar or with the Batmobile driving out of the Batcave mm-hmm. for the Batman series. Uh, it's a really cool cave. Uh, yeah. I recommend you go to it. It's the Bronson Caves. But anyway, um, you know he was excited about that. And then you know part of part of the idea between with doing this ending is they they were trying to set up a movie which actually sounds really fun that I kind of wish we would have been able to see at some point and you know unlikely it'll ever happen now, but. Um, but they wanted to they wanted to do this what what the plan was for the fourth film is they wanted to basically have ash leading like a rebellion of robots essentially against the deadites i'm sorry rebellion of robots <laughs> yeah i mean it's set in the future so they're gonna be robots but i mean look it's it's dumb as hell obviously but it sounds like a lot of fun <laughs> god i love sam raimi so much but you know so that's what they were setting up and you know no creator likes to have their movie completely changed because the test audience is like, I don't like the sad ending. Give me the happy ending. And I mean, I totally get that. Cause it's like, again, I, I respect the director's vision and mm-hmm. I just, I hate that studios are so, you know, beholden to what the audience wants and the audience always wants a happy ending. And you know, it just, I get it. And again, I will say, I think the happier ending is better in this case, mm-hmm. but I still think that, you know, I, I still think that the reasoning of like, you're, look, you're going to see a movie called fucking Army of Darkness, all right? Mm-hmm. You do not go into that movie thinking, oh, I'm going to get a happy ending. Yeah. You don't go into an Evil Dead movie thinking, oh, I'm going to get a happy ending, you know? The first two movies end on a pretty dark note. So yeah. so it just it pisses me off that every time you get to the studios like this, it's like, oh, we want a happy ending. <laughs> that is definitely very frustrating. The uh, only big reason why I'm glad they kind of pulled him back on this is... You know, it's something that he did with both Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2, where he definitely is setting things up for another movie. And as much as I respect that, as a filmmaker, you can't guarantee that you're going to get that next movie. Well, I mean, that doesn't matter, because they still set this one up for another movie. He's still battling deadites in the future, so or in the present. So yeah. no, that, that part doesn't matter to me. It's it, but it, But, you know... There's certainly something to be said for like, look, every every directing choice you make as a director doesn't mean it's the right one. Yes. You know, I mean, there certainly are cases where you need to be pulled back. And, mm-hmm. you know, a good example of that is George Romero, who uh, originally shot a much darker ending for Dawn of the Dead. And his wife was basically like, listen, man, you need to, you ended really dark on Night of the Living Dead. You need to lighten this up a little bit and get, mm-hmm. and give the audience a little something to cheer for, you know? Same thing with Get Out. <laughs> right. So, so, so I get it. I yeah. do get it. But, all right, so we have to start wrapping up. So who is your killer idiot of Army of Darkness? The fucking wise man for thinking that Ash is your chosen one. The fucking one. wise man? Yeah. He was the chosen one. He literally is the person in the who, book, Chris. Who is going to trust Ash? You should never trust Ash. You should have thrust how, a how, piece of paper at how him is the character? The how is the character actually called the wise man your idiot for correctly perceiving that Ash is the chosen one that the book spoke of. <laughs> because he should have realized that while Ash might be the chosen one, he was a fucking idiot and he should have written those fucking three words down. Okay, well, I chose an actual idiot in Evil Ash. <laughs> because How again, is he an idiot? Because, because again, he jumps on a fucking catapult. I'm pretty Chris. sure he falls. No, he jumped he onto falls. it. He jumped onto it. He jumped down from the castle, whatever, onto the Ramparts. catapult. 
fine. He jumped onto it. He chose to jump onto the catapult, and then he stood there and let Ash cut it to fling him into the air and explode. So he is my idiot. What about your killer death of evil of Army of Darkness? Um, so there's a lot of great like skeleton deaths and obviously evil Ash's death is great, but I'm gonna go with the one that makes me giggle every time, and that's the goddamn skeleton that gets lifted by a soldier and just thrown over the ramparts of the castle. It makes me giggle every time. I love it. Okay. I'm I'm gonna go with evil Ash again because yeah. I love seeing him flung through. Of course, because you're a basic bitch. I'm not a basic bitch. It's hilarious. <laughs> you're a basic bitch. Anyway, what I about am. your what about your killer MVP? <laughs> Look, I feel like the obvious basic bitch answer is the special effects team who created all the amazing skeletons that are in this Wh- which film. Which would be KMB. Thank you. But yeah, they're amazing. But I think that you know that my actual MVP is going to go to uh, the blacksmith played by Timothy Patrick Quill. What? Because I fucking love him so much. Do you understand much. what MVP means? <laughs> MVP goes to my favorite <laughs> person in the movie and it wasn't bruce campbell as ash <laughs> okay okay basic bitch answers is bruce campbell as ash because obviously he is a sexy comedic genius in this movie and i love him or the special effects team because they did an amazing job okay obvious basic bitch answers i want to give a shout out to the man who only had like three lines of dialogue and looked at ash with stars in his eyes and hearts in his eyes the entire movie like i would have felt that blacksmith was in love with Ash, and I feel for him. He's amazing. Okay. Basic bitch answers are fine sometimes. They uh, are. <laughs> look, look, KMB did an amazing job. Yes. Like, obviously, we see the amount of work that they did, and then, mm-hmm. again, they worked their asses off for this movie. They did amazing. Um, I'm going to give it to Bruce Campbell, though, because I think that, you know, Army of Darkness just does not work without Bruce. Obviously. Like, it, does, it doesn't work with any other actor in that role, because, you know, Bruce does have a really special talent uh, for doing this kind of slapstick stuff that you just, you know, not a lot of actors can really, I think, deal with the punishment of making this movie. Nobody can. Uh, so so I do think that Bruce deserves it. You know, yes. these, these movies would be nothing without him. But anyway, so we always do a poll on our Twitter at Killer Critics, kind of getting your thoughts and feelings on the film, what you think of it. So between love it, it's fine, don't like it, and never seen it, where do you think the audience fell on Army of Darkness? It better be Love It or I will start crying. So, yes, it, Love It did win. Uh, so it got 74%. Uh, it's Fine got 15.3%. Don't Like It got 3.1%. <gasps> and Never Seen It got 7.6%. That's about that's about All where right. I thought it would fall. I mean, look, you're never going to get anything 100% or whatever. So, so Love It wins. That's about what I expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we always get comments from you all as well. Uh and these are all from Twitter. So first up is at Final Girl Hannah. So that's Final Girl H A N N A H. And they say, Did you know the working title for the film was Medieval Dead or that it was released in Japan as Captain Supermarket? <gasps> that kills me every time. I adore this movie. So as I did mention early on, yes, I did know about the Medieval Dead title. I did not know about Captain Supermarket, though. So, so That explains the Japanese movie poster so much better than I've ever been able to understand before. Yeah, which we do own and have in one of our bathrooms. Because it's amazing. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, so no, I, I love the Captain Supermarket title. Um, I would totally see a movie called Captain Supermarket. I want a shirt now that says Captain Supermarket. Uh, I'm sure you can have one made, Chris. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> I, so I just wanted to mention that because I, I just love that that little bit of knowledge about that title there. But So thank you at Final Girl Hannah for the comment. Appreciate it. Next up is a comment from at Gory Garrett one So that's Gory 
G-A-R-R-E-T-T, and then the number one. And they say, I feel like Army of Darkness really paved the way for horror comedy as we know it today. It's like the blueprints for making a comedy movie using horror elements and gave Sam Raimi the chance to use his unique style for a major studio. Right, I absolutely agree. Obviously, I said this at the beginning. This is the blueprint for all horror comedy, but nobody has been able to match his level of Three Stooges ridiculousness, and it makes me sad. I don't know that nobody's been able to match it. I think that... Name me a movie. I think that... No, it's not that. I think that most directors are afraid to... Because they're cowards. To try it. And if the directors aren't afraid, I think most studios are afraid to do an Army of Darkness. Double cowards. <laughs> Which I understand, because Army of Darkness did not initially do well here in the States. So... <laughs> <laughs> um, so... So I get it, you know, yeah. but but um, but no, like like I was saying before, I agree. Th- this movie definitely, I think, inspired a lot of horror comedies to come after it. Like I mentioned, Cemetery Man, Dead Alive. I think all of those kind of took inspiration from this. And again, I do love that Sam Raimi was kind of given a chance to do and sort of show off his style, you know, to a general audience. Which again, he got to do a little bit before with Dark Man, and then this. And I think that between Dark Man, especially and Army of Darkness, you know, that did eventually lead to him being able to do stuff like Spider-Man, because I think that mm-hmm. both of these movies are kind of precursors or or sort of examples of, like, that sort of comic book style that Raimi does have. Yeah. That let him be able to do stuff like that. So, anyway, thank you at GoryGarrett1 for the comment. Appreciate it. Next up is a comment from at, I'm going to say this wrong, at Stilemu. Uh, so that's S-T-L-L-E-M-I-E-U-X. And they say, this was my introduction to Raimi and Campbell. And I absolutely loved everything about it. What I really remember, though, was seeing it advertised in what seemed to be every comic book for five years. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. I was just talking about talking about this with a customer about the fact that Army of Darkness had a huge comic book advertisement. And I think that that's perfect. The comedy level that's in this film is perfect for comic book fans. And also, by the way, for those of you who don't know, there is a Jason versus Freddy versus Ash comic book series. It's hard to find, but if you can, it exists. Yeah, no, like I said, you know, you see a lot of Raimi's comic book style in this movie. It makes perfect sense that it was being advertised in comics, and eventually Army of Darkness became a comic as well. Yep. Uh, there's a few different Army of Darkness comic series. So, many. <laughs> uh, so, so anyway, thank you, at Stillamu, for the comment. Appreciate it. Uh, next up is a comment from at Inspired Lamb. So, exactly how it sounds Inspired Lamb. And they say, I enjoyed it, but I always felt that Raimi played up the slapstick and comic elements in the series at the expense of the horror. I felt the same way about Evil Dead 2, but Army of Darkness was worse. Evil Dead was scary. The rest just weren't. I found that disappointing. (laughs) Okay, you are absolutely correct, and I'm not going to argue with you on this point. I personally love all the slapstick, but I can understand if Evil Dead is your favorite of them, you're going to have a hard time with the, the other two. Well, listen, this is this is where the, the split in fan bases comes up and why, why there, you know, why there are such large cult followings for each film and why there's no consensus because, you know, th- those of us who do, uh, and I'm not putting myself in that group, but those of us who do really want horror in our horror movies, you know, obviously you're going to gravitate gravitate towards evil dead Mm -hmm. you know that that is through and through a horror film yes (laughs) uh and evil dead 2 and army of darkness you know that that's where people like me like to begin stretching on whether or not this is horror well evil dead 2 less so but army of darkness is certainly more of a stretch to say it's horror army (laughs) of darkness is for us trash monsters who like three stooges and horror Right. So, well, not right, but, (laughs) (laughs) but so no, I totally get that, you know, and and I will agree that I I do think that, 
you know, Army of Darkness is my least favorite of the three because I do think it goes a little more in the slapstick direction than I would like. Evil Dead 2 is kind of like the the sweet spot for me. That's why it's my favorite because it's got the horror and it's got the comedy, but it's not too far in either direction, you know? So, okay. <laughs> so I do I do agree with that point there. But anyway, thank you, at Inspired Lamb, for the comment. Appreciate it. And then lastly is a comment from at Shannon Morant. So that's S-H-A-N-N-O-N-M-O-R-A-N-T. And they say, oh my God, yes, love this movie. One question, if they called it Evil Dead 3, do you think it would have done better at the box office? No. <laughs> the only, maybe it would have done better. Matt will have a better answer on this. But Army of Darkness is so different from the two Evil Deads that I think that if people had gone to see it, they would have felt cheated. Well, you know, it doesn't matter because people would have still gone to see it. That's what matters. <laughs> it's not what they thought about it afterwards. So, so no, I, short answer, uh, yes, I do think. Well, actually, no, short answer, no. I don't think it would have done better. <laughs> I, I don't think it would have done better as Evil Dead 3. Uh, the reason being that, you know, Evil Dead 1 and 2, you know, you got to remember this is, and I'm not saying this to you, James. I know you know this, but we got to remember that back in these days, like, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like now. It wasn't, it wasn't like movies being advertised every fucking time you log on to online because there was no online. Mm-hmm. You know, you didn't have these advertisements constantly being thrown in your faces to the point where you just could not forget about it. So, so in that case, between Evil Dead 1 and 2, you know, again, these were movies that horror fans knew and people outside of them probably not as much. Yeah. Uh, so so I think that had you called it Evil Dead 3 or even Medieval Dead, although, again, I think Medieval Dead would have been much better. But I think Medieval Dead would have sold so much. But had you called it Evil Dead 3, you know, I think you would have had a large swath of the general audience just kind of being like, what the fuck is Evil Dead? you know and mm-hmm. and maybe they wouldn't have gone to see it whereas a tar- whereas a title like army of darkness you know maybe they're a little more inclined to go check that out so yeah. so i do think that ultimately calling it army of darkness or medieval dead i think would have also been good uh had they called it either of those i, I do think that's ultimately the right decision uh mm-hmm. because let's you know if, if you were an evil dead fan you knew army of darkness was evil dead so even though it didn't quite work out i still think army of darkness is probably Probably was the right choice. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, thank you at Shannon Morant for the comment. Appreciate it. And then one last thing to wrap up here is just releases for the week. So first up is called, uh, first up is a film called Motherly, which comes to VOD on the third and is about a mother defending her daughter after a couple breaks into their home. Uh, so I have not seen this one, but mm. eh, it looks interesting enough. You know, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not sure it's going to be great, but it looks okay. <laughs> Next up is a film called Escape the Field, which comes to VOD on the 6th and is about six strangers who wake up in an endless cornfield and must solve a deadly puzzle. And each of them has like one item that they wake up with. And I don't know, it looks kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, you know, again, I'm not quite sure about this one. I haven't seen mm-hmm. it, but it looks looks okay. Hey. And then lastly is a film called The Twin, uh, which is coming to Shudder on the 6th. And is about a mother that must confront the truth about her surviving twin son. I Unfortunately, I, <laughs> I meant to watch this before we did this. I still have not watched this either. So definitely check that out on shutter on the sixth and otherwise that's gonna do it for us on army of darkness so next week we're gonna be talking about the classic halloween three <laughs> uh, which i can't wait to get into uh so go check that out do your homework there if you want otherwise that's do it for us so i'm matt and i'm chris and have a groovy night horror fans <laughs> bye
I hope you've enjoyed tonight's episode of Killer Horror Critic. If you'd like to scream with us some more, please subscribe on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at KillerFromSpace, as well as Instagram at Killer underscore Horror underscore Critic. New episodes release every Friday, so keep your eyeballs peeled just the way I like them. Have a good night, horror fans.